Welcome into A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media. We go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We're Nashville's on-demand sports talk network. And I uh, got to thank our sponsors before we officially get going because they make it all happen for us and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Man, do the Pulse of Fitness 115 minute workout equals uh, five plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com. Your first workout is free. Wilson County Hyundai, if you need a new car, head out to Lebanon. WilsonCountyHyundai.com to see what they have to offer you. Calvin and Settle for your brand new hardwood floors and finishings. They are at CalvinandSettle.com and the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Richard says, my town of Waverly might be flooded and destroyed, but I'm glad I still get to watch y'all, which makes me think that we do need to mention uh, what happened in Waverly over the weekend with the floods. Uh, I know Luke and I talked about the passing of Floyd Reese on Monday, but the Waverly weather situation, just devastating. Uh, so, Richard, I'm glad you're safe. Glad everything's okay with you specifically. Uh, but I know uh, there are several things that will happen over the next couple of weeks with the Titans and Waverly. I saw Mount Juliet helping out, donate some football equipment to the Waverly football team there. So, Richard, glad that you're uh, with us this morning uh, watching the show. So just wanted to mention that, Zach. Uh, before we officially dive into this. Yeah, uh, shout out because uh, I get a, a really good friend. His family has a, a farm out in Bucksnort, which is over near that way. It's not Waverly. They didn't get hit as hard. But, uh, you know, prayers out to Waverly and all the people affected because I uh, heard that over the weekend. And anytime you have natural disasters, whether it's hurricanes, flooding, tornadoes, that's scary stuff because it's out of our hands, right? And it's out out of our realm of thought in my mind, right? Because you can't do anything. So um, definitely thinking about those affected in that area. Yeah. So Richard, glad you're with us this morning. Glad Julio Jones was out at practice yesterday. So Zach, it's, it was the first time that Julio Jones had participated in practice since August 2nd. So just to reset everything of really uh, what has been going on with Julio Jones, because on August 2nd, Julio Jones' last practice, Zach was yet to go to Dallas. <laughs> so that's, that is how long Julio Jones hasn't been doing anything. So in that practice period on August 2nd, the Titans were doing what I believe was either 7-on-7 seven seven or 11-on-11 11 11 in the red zone. Julio Jones goes up for a, uh, a catch in the end zone from Ryan Tannehill, drops the ball, comes down the end zone, Looks like he fell, like, I don't know if it was awkwardly, but there was some level of discomfort from Julio Jones in how he landed in the end zone after dropping that pass. He goes off to the sideline on the defensive sideline, which is the closest sideline to him at that point. So he goes off the sideline, kind of messing around with his lower body. Trainer comes over. They talk for a few minutes. The period ends. They go to special teams period or whatever. Julio Jones walks inside. That was the last time we saw him practice. Now, we've seen him physically riding a bike, walking around, wearing a jersey when they practice in Nissan Stadium. But for the first time yesterday, he was on the practice field, wearing a helmet, hat on shoulder pads, and went through drills. Now, the Titans offense, for the first time, Zach, in all of training camp, had their starters on the field at the same time in a practice in 11-on-11. 
Now, they went through jog throughs. It was not full speed, and it was against the scout team defense. But they had everybody. Ben Jones, uh, Nate Davis, Roger Saffold, Taylor Lewan. In this particular instance, David Questenberry was the right tackle. But Tannehill, Henry, AJ, and Julio, all of them were out there for the first time on August 24th. It was pre- It's pretty crazy that it's gotten this deep. In Well, training camp is technically over. But this is the first time we've seen these guys all together. Well, it's chess. And, and I think that uh, all NFL head coaches play chess now instead of checkers. Because back in the day, as I always say, the two-a-day era, you play checkers. It is you, – you get to the other side as quick as you can to king me. But that's not how this works, especially when you have prized possessions like Julio Jones, like A.J. Brown – and like Derrick Henry. Now, fortunately, you you knock on a little bit of wood. Derrick Henry has been extremely healthy throughout his career. He missed that one game against New Orleans late in the season a couple of years ago. But besides that, that guy is a Gruden grinder, as I like to say. Now, AJ and Julio have not been that same way, that same, that, that same durability. And Tannehill dealt with his health problems in Miami. Now, luckily, in Tennessee, he's done a very good job. But A.J. Brown was dealing with two knees last year. He got both procedures done in the offseason. And per Adam Schefter yesterday or the day before, saying that A.J. Brown is going to be good to go week one, but he's still been dealing with a knee. Julio Jones has been riddled with injury, especially last year. So, Mike Vrabel, they know that they're going for it this season to win a Super Bowl. Not make a Super Bowl, but win a Super Bowl. And they know that this 17-game stretch is unique, it's new, and they have to have their thoroughbred horses ready to ride week one all the way until February, if that may be the case. So I I used to, a few years ago, I'd be like, man, this stinks. You don't even see any of these guys practice. What are they going to do? Are they going to be – they're not going to be ready? Austin, I'll say this. Yeah. I think the NFL and coaches learned a very valuable lesson because I don't think the play dropped off tremendously last year with zero preseason games. I think that was a unique situation, obviously because of COVID, that you can go in there and players play. It may take a quarter. It may take two quarters. But overall – I mean, the Titans started 5-0 and last year, if you remember. Yep. So the preseason, or lack thereof, did not impact their success at the beginning of last year. But Julio Jones is a new piece, right? And uh, he has not had a lot of practice time with his brand-new quarterback. And so Todd Downing talked about that after practice yesterday. I do want to read a couple comments before we ask you guys uh, our question to kick off this morning. Marie says, has anyone seen Julio run since the touchdown incident and Good so question. I mean yeah I, I saw like run like yeah I saw him run yesterday I saw him catch a pass on a route I saw prior him, to yesterday prior to yet I mean I yes but I'm not allowed to say okay that, now, so I mean fair, like fair, third fair. field stuff like the, the third field that should not be watched everybody's invisible on said third field so yes Julio Jones he's been riding a bike he's been out there he's not been doing much but yeah Julio Jones was out there yesterday running routes, again, not at full speed, but he was going through these routes yesterday uh, in their jog-through period. And look, he was catching, he and AJ both, catching passes. And I posted from the last two days of practice, 
Monday and Tuesday, I posted multiple videos of AJ Brown responding to the Adam Schefter knee report. AJ Brown has had what I'm calling naked knees. Nothing on his knees. No sleeve, no little band around the patella tendon, no nothing. He's been out there with naked knees and looks good doing it, right? And so AJ Brown, you can go watch our TikTok. I've got several videos of him doing different drills where he's explosive, cutting in and out of breaks. Doesn't look like he's favoring anything. And he was out there in those jog-through practices. But for AJ and Julio, it seems to be like the plan is have them do some work, keep them in shape conditioning-wise, but not have them do anything to stress their bodies that they can avoid. And Derrick Henry's been the same way. Derrick Henry's hasn't gotten a lot of 11 on 11. He did he did full speed 11 on 11 Monday for the first time. That's that's the most work he had done in all of camp. And then Julio Jones returned yesterday. All right, so let's get to our question of the day and get everybody else involved because I think that this it, it leads right into the question and I think you could you could put a couple of different players in here, but we are asking Julio Jones Practice yesterday for the first time since August 2nd. Big deal, small deal, or no deal? Comment All in the right. comment section what you guys think. Yes, Hula Jones practiced for the first time yesterday since August 2nd. Big deal, small deal, or no deal? But first, let me tell you guys about our friends at the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine cares. Hey, maybe you have an injury that creeps up in your life. Know who you should trust and who you should go to to get back to health. And that is the folks and our friends at the Bone and Joint Institute. They have over a dozen doctors there at the facility who specialize in literally anything that could go wrong. We've talked to foot and ankle specialists. We've talked to knee specialists, shoulders, ACL, hips, spine. We talked a great conversation about Caleb Farley's back injury after he was drafted by the Titans. Boneandjointtn.org. They've got it for you right there in Franklin. Boneandjointtn.org. A to Z Sports. We are powered by BetMGM. Download the app today. That promo code ATOZ Sports. Here's the best part BetMGM is giving you a risk free $1,000. $1,000 risk free bet for new users. Use that promo code ATOZ Sports. You go in there and you, you bet $1,000. If you lose, you don't lose. I, I don't know what kind of deal beats that, but I love how BetMGM is upping the ante, and they're upping the ante with us. A to Z Sports, use that promo code, risk-free, $1,000 bet. All right, so the question is, Julio Jones practicing for the first time since August 2nd. Is that a big deal, small deal, or no deal? Zach, I'll send you the comment section to see what the people are saying about this. I'll scroll back up. Uh, let's see here. We got a... Uh, Big deal coming in right here. Steph says big deal, ramping him out. Louis says no deal. Steven says big. Michael says no deal. Ruben says no deal. Corey says small deal. Jarrell says small deal. No deal from Clayton. Julio and the Titans have a plan for his health. Big deal from Steven. Julio Jones is ready to prove his worth. The smallest of deals from Ryan. Troy ah. goes with big deal. Roy says small deal. Gip Savage Life says no deal. Small deal from Devin. So we got a ton of comments. I'm just scratching the surface because there's a, a ton of people <laughs> watching the show, which is great. Uh, we have a lot of small deals. Small deal. Small deal. Small deal. Small deal. I mean, uh, small deal. Small deal. 
small deal. Man, I can't even go even further down. We got more comments. So I think overall, we had some no deals and some big deals mixed in, but overall, the chat is saying small deal. Do you agree or disagree with the chat, Austin? Uh, I think there's no way this is a no deal. But there's also no way this is a big deal either. So it's absolutely small deal is what I think about it because that's a lot of days of not practicing. And so I'm going to go ahead and play you guys a clip from Todd Downing, uh, Titans' new offensive coordinator, when Teron Davenport asked him specifically, hey, Julio is back out there. You know, what's the plan here? Like, what are you guys working with? And Todd Downing was talking to the media because Mike Vrabel's still dealing with COVID and hasn't been at practice the last couple of days. So here's Todd Downing talking about Julio Jones and the work that he's getting in. We got to see Julio Jones continue to work his way back. How important is that just for the timing and just you know, get on the same page with Tannehill? Yeah, it's important that, that we spend time together, you know, uh, kind of talking about the details of concepts. And I think that he's been uh, working really hard in meetings, working with Rob, you know, doing everything that he's – uh, able to do and we kind of taken the approach that when we're told what he's allowed to do we're going to do that uh, to the you know best of our ability and as full throttle as we can and so as we get more and more uh, I think you know we'll get closer and closer to where we need to be so it was interesting that we'll whenever we hear what we're allowed to do with Julio we'll do it right as full throttle as we can do it with what we're allowed to do by whoever who do you is, think is allowing and that was going to be my next my next thought is like who is the I don't want to say puppet master in this because I, but it could be that who is the control. I, mean, I think that's the Who's correct. Who's controlling the situation? Is it Mike Vrabel? Is it John Robinson? Is it Julio Jones? Is it the training staff? Because there's been no injury disclosed for Julio Jones. Adam well, Schefter, they do that all the time, right? Well, I know that, but again, like we don't know who that is that is telling Todd Downing, "Hey, here's what Julio can do today." And so why I think it's a small deal is because, you know, I, Julio Jones is a professional, right? He is a Hall of Fame level athlete and he approaches the game of football like, like a professional. Ryan Tannehill, same way, minus the Hall of Fame part, but he's, he is a professional. So Ryan Tannehill yesterday talked about how whenever the Titans traded for Julio, he got a cut up of every Julio Jones play from the last several years and watched said cut up. And so Ryan Tannehill has done his due diligence on Julio Jones. And I wish I could have followed up to Tannehill, but because of COVID protocol, for whatever stupid reason, I'm not allowed to ask questions at practice right now. So I'm sitting there like, ah, what can you get out of watching a cut-up that you can't get on the field? And what can't you get from watching a cut-up? Because in my opinion, it'd be hard to judge somebody's speed play speed, route speed, watching a cutoff. You might have an idea, but that's a feel process in my mind. At least I would assume that it's a feel process. And they haven't been getting a lot of work on the actual field to feel that out. They can be on the same page in the meeting room, but you got to go up there and do do it to, to, to make me feel comfortable. So I, that's why I think it's a small deal. There's still, what, two and a half plus weeks to go before uh, week one against the Cardinals. So I say it's a small deal. So I'm, man, I, I want to go no deal. I am the closest to no deal that probably anybody is. I'll go, I'll go small deal just for the fact of him being on a new team. Okay. Besides that, I think Julio Jones, Mike Vrabel, John Robinson, the training staff have handled this situation correctly. It was probably more of a scare than an injury from that 
particular incident that happened in the end zone, and they had to play precaution. And what they did was the one thing that we do know about Julio Jones, and this dates back to his time in Atlanta, and I'll be honest, for my eyes in minicamp when I saw Julio Jones, the one thing Julio Jones does is practice with aggression. He practices like he plays. That's probably what makes him so great. When he practices. Right. So I think, <laughs> and that's a key, I yeah. think that they're saving Julio kind of from himself. I don't think that this is a big deal injury by any means. I think this is precautionary, and I think more so this is about Julio Jones and the aggressive nature in which he practices to avoid even more injury. The reason why I could not get over that hump to go no deal is Matt Ryan has a rapport with Julio Jones. It's a connection, the same connection that you have with your, your wife, your dog, your parents in a good relationship. It's just something that you know. It's the same way with a quarterback and a wide receiver that have been dealing with each other for, you know, five, seven plus years, right? And so Tannehill does not have that with Julio Jones. Doesn't mean that it can't be built in a rapid pace, but Tannehill has that with A.J. Brown. He knows yeah. that. And I so think I that has been seen over the last couple of years. How quickly can that ignite in two weeks prior to the football season? So I'm hesitant to bring something up because I don't want to get into a tangent. So as long as Zach, you understand that I don't want to get into a tangent, I will bring it up. So I was talking with Corey Curtis and News 2 a couple weeks ago at practice, and we were talking about Ryan Tannehill and how quickly he was connecting with wide receivers. Because remember, Tannehill did not start the first six games. He came in in game seven, and the Titans won two games before they went to Carolina. And he immediately had connection with two guys. A.J. Brown, Anthony Ferkser. Immediately, Ryan Tannehill was on the same page with those two guys. Why? Because in training camp, when Ryan Tannehill was the backup, a excuse me, A.J. Brown as a rookie was getting work with the second team for the most part. That's how Mike Vrabel does it. You're like you're getting work with the second team rookies, and no matter who you are, A.J. Brown or not. But he was getting work with the second team because A.J. Brown and Ferkser were the second team guys then. Who did he struggle getting on the same page with throughout that 2019 season? Corey Davis. And who did he get on the same page with last season in 2020? Corey Davis, because they had an offseason to work on that. And so with Julio Jones, is this going to be more like Corey Davis in 2019? Remember how many times we talked about Corey Davis was open, Tannehill just didn't see him? Or, or Corey Davis dropped it. That's the, I don't want to do this tangent, Zach. Remember what I said to start this whole thing. But when Corey Davis was like top five in the NFL and separation created, it's just Tannehill wasn't looking his direction, which is fine. Tannehill wasn't looking for him. He was looking for Ferkser or AJ or somebody else, even Khalif Raymond they had a good combination with in 2019. And so because that's who he was working with in training camp behind Marcus Mariota, that is my – you know, I don't want to call it a fear, but it's a, a level of concern that I have is that it just might take a couple of months once they actually start playing games for Tannehill and Julio to connect. All right. So, and I'm not going to get into this. Corey Davis will be brought back up on this show actually twice, but we're going to keep our levels together to a degree, okay. right? Depends on where the conversation goes. Can't 
promise anything. I do think you can say that Julio Jones is so much better of a wide receiver that the likeliness of what maybe you are saying is unlikely because of the greatness that is Julio Jones on top of Julio Jones having something to prove. I'll give Corey Davis credit. Listen up, guys. The earth is falling. Corey Davis went into a contract season. He knew his fifth-year option was not picked up. He knew that prior to the season. And he had his best season of his career. Be it under 1,000 yards, he still had his best season. So backs against the wall, I think Julio Jones with a better wide receiver, I think that that won't be as of an issue. I I, oh. I, I think I validate the point that you brought yes, up. So I look, think it the, is good. Yeah, the point is valid. Julio Jones and Corey Davis are different people and different players and different level of players. And so, but it's, there's got to be some type of something. There's something there to the point of it took Corey Davis and, and Tannehill a little bit of time to get connected where he was connected with the guys he was working with behind Mariota in that first training camp with the Titans. So that, that's all, right. all I wanted to leave it there. Perfect transition into what I would like to bring to the table, okay? Perfect transition because I have one thing that should excite Tennessee Titans fans wow. about Julio Jones. I have that. And I also, before I get to that and, and I tell you a little bit about Wilson County Hyundai, I want to say this. Titans fans get on me because I, I do beat a dead horse. I do. And Corey Davis is one of those. And and Marcus Mariota not playing in week 17, sitting on the sidelines in a ball cap, watching Andrew Luck and the rival Indianapolis Colts go to the playoffs and end your season, that pissed me off. That did. Injury aside, I'll ever know that BS, that pissed me off. And I, I brought that up consistently. But those two things, a fifth overall pick, the highest pick of a wide receiver in franchise history, and Marcus Mariota sitting down in a key crucial moment impacted this franchise a great deal. I can't let that go because those two things really impacted what happened to the Tennessee Titans franchise. Now they've we'll see if they they've rectified it with trading for Julio Jones. Well, and it, I'll say that, I'll say this real quick point on the Mariota thing. If Marcus Mariota did not have that Week 17 situation. Would the Titans feel the need to go trade for Ryan Tannehill? I'm just Depen- saying. Depends on his performance. <clears throat> but again, like if he when- threw that, uh, if he threw the same pick that Blaine Gabbert did, which he'd been known to do, I, I, who knows? But again, <clears throat> but again, like you have to go buy insurance when you feel like you, you have to have insurance. Uh, but you have to up your insurance plan whenever you feel like there's a situation that could be concerning approaching. And Marcus Mariota nerve issues, uh, and it cost the Titans to go upgrade their insurance plan from Blaine Gabbert to Ryan Tannehill, and it's paid off. That okay. Everything happens for a reason, right? Okay, so let's talk about the one thing that should excite Titans fans uh, about Julio. And I do believe, I think everybody's going to agree with me. I rarely say that, if ever. But I think the chat is going to agree with me, and I think you are going to agree with me, Austin. But first, one thing that I know everybody can agree on especially here at A to Z Sports, is where to buy a vehicle. That's Wilson County Hyundai. Payne Bone and his team have got you covered. The Palisade, the 2021 Palisade, it is sleek, full-size SUV, third-row seating, all the bells and whistles. They got you covered. You talk about Apple CarPlay. Woo! Connection, my friend. The connection of Julio Jones 
and Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry is of the Palisade connecting to your Android or your iPhone. That's the best part. As soon as you get in that ride. Brand new, on the lot, 2021 Hyundai Palisade. Get get one for you or your family at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, download the app. Use our code ATOZ Sports. When you do download the BetMGM app and use that code, you get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That is a great way to jumpstart that bankroll with BetMGM because if you lose the bet, then you get uh, whatever you spend on the bet back in credit to earn more money with BetMGM. Download the app. That's BetMGM. A-T-O-Z Sports is the code. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years older. must be present in Tennessee and for gambling problem sport. Call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Zach, what's this one thing you have that should excite Titans fans about Julio Jones. All right, so uh, I wouldn't give credit to the ringer, uh, but I will give credit to the ringer because they brought this to my why, attention. Why would you not give credit to the ringer? Well, the, cre- uh, the, the ringer, uh, they, they don't, I don't think the ringer truly knows who they want to be. The ringer also firing Jeopardy hosts, but also reporting fantasy football somewhat misconstrued, right? I think you can do one thing really well. I don't think you can do all things well. So that's my personal opinion on that, not to dive into that, but that's the reason why. But the Ringer did some good work, and I will give credit to the author of this particular article, Danny Hyfez. I hope I pronounced that correctly. But he wrote an article says, the combo of Julio Jones and A.J. Brown is promising for fantasy football and scary for opposing corners. I think that is absolutely true. But within this article on the ringer, they bring up something that has to do with Corey Davis, but more importantly has to do with Julio Jones. So I'll ring, I'll read an excerpt from it. All right. Via the ringer, Jones's arrival would suggest Tannehill and the Titans will likely pass at least a little more. There's certainly more a team can do with Jones than Corey Davis, the Titans' number two receiver last year. We can look at Davis's 2020 season, 984 receiving yards and five touchdowns as likely the floor for Julio Jones' season, provided he remains healthy. That's what I want to pull out of that. He goes on to say his ceiling is a Titans team that passes more than in previous years, launching him well over a thousand yards and double digit touchdowns for the first time in nine years. Now, double digit touchdowns the first time in nine years is also important. <laughs> but my premise behind this, and the reason why I said what I said in the sense of one thing that should excite Titans fans most about Julio Jones, and that is Julio Jones. Corey Davis is the floor, right? Corey Davis's season, his career year last year, is most likely the floor of Julio Jones. And if that doesn't give Titans fans jacked up, I don't know what does. I mean, yeah, agree or point. disagree? I mean, I agree it, that it's hard because, like, you know, Julio's disappearance from training camp practice for 22 days just confuses me a little bit of just what happened and what went down and how quickly can he and Tannehill connect. I I just like part of me with Julio Jones, 
I need to see it in a game. I, I want to, I, and that's the excitement. That's the anticipation that I have. I want to see this offense in a game when it matters. What does that look like? Because yesterday, again, yesterday was the first time they had Lawan, Saffold, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, Tannehill, Henry, Julio, AJ. Those eight guys, they had those eight guys on the field together for the first time all, all training camp. And that it's a big deal. Training camp's over, actually. So I, I just, I, I, you know, is that the floor? I have no idea what this season's going to be statistically just because Derrick Henry's going to have 300-plus carries. A.J. Brown's going to have 100-plus targets, or he better. Julio Jones better have 100-plus targets. Josh Reynolds, who was not at practice yesterday after he tweaked something on Monday, I don't know what to make of him. Chester Rogers, after looking like he could be the wide receiver three, hasn't practiced since they returned from Tampa. And then Marcus Johnson looks like he can help, but I don't know. Like Then there's Anthony Ferkser. Then there's uh, uh, Jeff Swain, who's practiced like two times as well. I don't know what to expect from this offense because it's confusing me of all the different people they have and, and how it all works together just because we have not seen it work uh, together. I think – I think I would expect them to be really good. Now, here's the difficult part. I think their defense will be better right out of the gate. I think they've kind of shown a little bit of that. And I think that confidence will bleed over into the start of the regular season. Now, the problem, and I think the more important thing with defense, defense will settle into your identity and who you are by week five, right? So we'll know this Titans defense and their insecurities and their downfalls and and their their good habits, right? Because Bud Dupree off the edge could be deadly. Who knows? We'll find that out. But here's where I'm at. The tough part about this situation is the starting of the schedule. And I think you always have to look at your opponent. Now, in the first five games, the first two games, they go against two NFC West teams. A lot of people say the NFC West is the best division in football, correct? Uh, it's, yeah, arguably, yeah. I think it is. I think they are the best division in football from top to bottom because of where Kyler Murray's going. Obviously, Russell Wilson in Seattle. Those are the first two games. And then you've got now Matthew Stafford in L.A. And you've got San Francisco that has all the pieces and have proven they just have to stay healthy. So the sure. first two games, which they it's no easy road. And then after that, you play your rival Indy. It looks like Carson Wentz will be back, right? Everything that we've that's been reported and mm -hmm. we've seen that his foot surgery went well and has gone to plan and is right on target to start the, the, the year. You can't do anything about that. And then the blessing, which is good and bad because you get two road games out of the way, but they're at the Jets and at the Jags. Those are two bad football teams. They are actually the worst football teams heading into the season, one and two. Yeah, the Texans. So, <laughs> and, right? And then you have the don't Texans. Forget, don't leave the Texans out of that conversation. Well, going from the draft. But, yes, you are correct. Because of the Deshaun Watson question mark, we don't know. I think that you should expect the Titans' offense to be really good out of the gate. Because and one thing we know, Austin, one thing we know is Derrick Henry with the football is hard to bring down. He, like – Facts on facts on facts. If there's one thing we know about the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry is hard to tackle. That 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 tells you a lot. 
I, I truly believe that that tells you a lot going into this football season. I'm not talking A.J. Brown or Julio Jones or Ferks or Tannehill. I'm talking about Derrick Henry being hard to tackle is one thing that is the truth. Yeah, and then the, the offensive line has to stay healthy because if you everybody here has watched those preseason games know that the backup backups are really bad. They need Aaron Brewer back badly to be the backup center. Something's going on with Ben Jones. Uh, when he does, like in yesterday when he practiced, he wore like a yellow mesh jersey over his 60 jersey as like a, hey, don't touch this guy because for whatever reason, and we don't know what that reason is. Uh, I believe the day after Julio went down in that uh, the touchdown incident or the end zone incident, whatever we want to call it, on August 2nd, Ben Jones got tangled up uh, later on in that practice or the next day, and then we had, hadn't seen him do much. Now, Ben Jones physically looks fine. He looks like, because every time the tight, here's what I like about the Titans in practice. Whenever they're scoring a touchdown on offense, Ben Jones and everybody else sprints down there to whoever scored it and they celebrate. They're celebrating touchdowns in practice like they would in the game, which is creating a lot of excitement and energy around practice and also amping up the defense. So uh, Ben Jones has to be stay healthy. Lawan has to be knocking the rust off of Saffold. And you got to figure out who the hell your right tackle is going to be. And can you, count on that right tackle to not get you beat uh, horribly like what happened when Lawan went out with that ACL last season. Yeah, I, I do want to bring this up because I, I feel like a lot of people uh, misunderstand or forget. They get amnesia, like Chris Butler. Chris says, Derrick Henry's stats early in the season are pedestrian. You can't count on him. What Chris does not realize is that I don't even know if he knows against Denver, and maybe that's what he's uh, insinuating. Henry had 116 yards. Against Minnesota, he had 119 yards. Against Jacksonville, he had 84. But as we know, that was more of Jacksonville's comeback in the second half. And Tannehill, they passed more than they should have. But he had 100 yards uh, rushing, almost a buck 20 in two out of the first three games. That I don't think is considered pedestrian. No, no, absolutely not pedestrian. Very, very I think productive. We, we, we don't get, we get used to Derrick Henry running over 100 yards so much that it seems pedestrian, but it is not. Yes, we have been spoiled. All of us have been spoiled, and a hundred yards, a hundred yard rusher has been normalized for Titans fans, which is not the case around the NFL, like go look like about of, of what they're doing. Now I will say in those first three games of the season last year, Derrick Henry, and even really the first four games of the season, because against Buffalo and the Titans, well, Buffalo's out, a blowout. He didn't play most of the second half. Right, right. But it really took until that Houston game for him to bust something. It was a lot of hard work against Denver, a lot of hard work against Jacksonville and Minnesota. Like if you go to what Derrick Henry did, his long was 13 yards against Denver. I thought Jacksonville, the, the, they did a really good job at run blitzing. The well, Titans that's all run. they had to stop. They AJ Brown didn't play. You got to remember that. Like, no, again, I do. No, I this do not I'm, you. I'm talking about just in okay. general. Remember the season. AJ Brown hurt his knee in Denver game one. After that, he didn't play, and they stacked the freaking box. And Corey Davis couldn't carry the load at the beginning of the season. And so what did they do? They brought all of the defenders up to stop Henry, and Tannehill had to find unique ways to score touchdowns. So 
don't get it twisted, guys. Like Derrick Henry, yeah, he carried the ball a lot because that was the best option that they had early in the season because yeah. their number one wide receiver and Corey Davis was still in doubt at that time. No, because Corey Davis coming off of another Corey Davis helped you win that. Corey Davis helped you win that Broncos game with his performance when AJ was dealing with something. But again, the yards per carry for Derrick Henry the first four games of last season: three point seven, three point four. 4.6 against Minnesota and 3.0 against Buffalo. And then he got me busted out, right? But it did take because of how defenses were playing the Titans offense of run blitzing him. He was not as efficient as he was, but far better than pedestrian. I mean, <laughs> anybody would kill, you know, who would, the Rams would kill for 3.6 yards per carry. They would kill for it. They don't have anybody running the football. Now they picked up Sony Michelle, right? So uh, it is good to kind of get back centered for Titans fans because you, and a good problem to have, but the Titans are dealing with the best running back in the league that has been the best running back in the league over the last two full seasons. Yeah. And you get spoiled, right? You know, mommy packs your lunch every day with cookies and lays. Mommy goes on girls weekend or girls trip for a week and dad gives you bologna sandwiches, right? Like you got to understand you're being spoiled with Derrick Henry, but understand the value of that chocolate chip cookie at the lunch table. Yeah, and that's just, what Derrick Henry is. And just to set the record straight, Corey Davis was phenomenal against the Broncos. He had seven catches on eight targets for 101 yards, an average of 14 and a half yards per catch, and really helped them win that game. So just want to, while we're straightening out the thoughts on how productive or not productive Derrick Henry was, we got to do the same thing with Corey Davis uh, in the, at the very beginning of last season. So Zach, let's go ahead and get to this. What question. did Corey Davis? He had 36 yards the following week. Yeah, and a touchdown. And if you remember uh, that Jags game, he scored, I believe it was the opening touchdown on the opening drive. It was a throw in the back of the end zone from Tannehill where Corey Davis scored like a seven-yard touchdown uh, to get the Titans up 7 nothing. And then they got up like 21 to nothing or something real quick. And then uh, they ran the ball and they, could, they struggled offensively. But he had five targets, 36 yards, and a touchdown on those five targets. And then he had 69 yards on five catches. Those aren't wide then, receiver one numbers. That's all I'm saying. No, no, but, and you know, and so I, I understood that was what he was picked it to be regardless. Okay. So now Zach, let's move on to this question uh, because we talked about really what, what to kind of circle back, what Titans fans should be excited about with Julio Jones is that Corey Davis's last season is the floor. That's what you said about 15 minutes ago here on the show. Corey Davis's 986 yards is the floor for Julio Jones this year. So let's ask this question. Do you think do you think the Titans offense will be better or worse than last season's third-ranked offense? Do you think the Titans offense will be better or worse than last season's third-ranked offense? But first, let me tell you guys about Mandu, the pulse of fitness. One 15-minute workout at Mandu simulates five or more hours in the weight room. How is that possible? Because of the science and efficiency of full-body electronic muscle stimulation. Guys, it's impressive. It's real. The results are real. If you're trying to achieve your fitness goals and you feel like you're stuck, you feel like you're plateaued, then go to Mandu. Mandu.com, your first workout 
is absolutely free. It is for you because Mandu is for everyone. Mandu.com first workouts free. Bet MGM, download the app today in your app store code ATOZ Sports. Risk free $1,000 bet for you and for new users. That's important. You got to have that promo code though, ATOZ Sports. We're hooking you up with a risk free bet. And so is Bet MGM for a thousand bucks. Get ready for the football season by downloading the app today. As you know, Austin and I, we, we, we had a big, what, spring and summer, I would say. The NBA playoffs really screwed me, but. Had a great yeah. spring. I, I really enjoyed my spring. Paid for vacations to the Keys and paid for vacation to Chicago. I came back a little bit in the playoffs, but that is what it is. I learned my lesson. I'm ready to go for football season with BetMGM. All right, so the question is, do you think the Titans' offense will be better or worse than last season's third-ranked offense? So the Titans scored over 30 points a game. They were uh, tied with the Bills for the third-best offense. There you go. Thank you. Uh, third-best offense, I guess technically second-slash-third. I don't know how that works. But they were tied for the second-best offense from a yardage-per-game standpoint. It's just coincidental then, that they both tied. I mean, that usually it, doesn't happen. The, it, like they, like the, the Titans and the Bills – had the exact same amount of total yards on offense last year, which is just bizarre of how it comes down to the exact same amount of yards. Uh, in and and Josh season. Allen gets so much more credit than Ryan Tannehill, obviously, right? Well, I mean, because Derrick Henry gets the credit in, in, in Tennessee. So, And you know who else gets a lot of credit in Tennessee? Arthur Smith. And so he is gone. He is the head coach of the Falcons, we know. So will the Titans be better or worse than last year? Clayton says better. Maurice better. Steven says better. Kyle better, guy better, team leader on YouTube says better. Roy says with great parts of the offense is still better than the sum of its parts. Uh, Trevor says worse. Roy's spitting some knowledge right there. Yeah, right. I know. Trevor says worse. He'll be ranked fifth or sixth. So that's hard. It's like you're like the standard is so high, so high for this Titans offense to be. Like, it's easier to be worse than it is to be better. Brandon says on paper better, but the schedule is harder this year. Very good point about the schedule. Playing a first place schedule. Williams is better. Baffert says passing game will be a lot better. Uh, Steph says, every, if everyone stays healthy, I can definitely confidently say better. Uh, Devin says better if they stay mostly healthy. Uh, Kalen says they are they will be worse statistically, but way more reliable. Zach says worse. The tight end is still a question mark. Thomas is better. Otis just says same. They'll finish third. Jesse says better. Uh, worse from Corey. We're tied for Wor- second. Um, so Zach, what do you think about this? Because it it is very difficult to maintain that high level of production. You just had the fifth best running back season in the history of the NFL. Never has a player led the league in rushing the year after uh, having a 2,000-yard season. Never has a player gone over 1,500 yards rushing the year after having 2,000 yards in a season. Derrick Henry has the opportunity to size up his gold jacket for Canton uh, in January if he can do those things for the first time in NFL history. But that's saying a lot. Man, you just did a good trivia. I learned something then, right? That's some good facts. Good facts on A to Z. It made me think of a trivia question I heard yesterday. I'm just going to do a little side note, and then I will answer the question because I do think it's a good one, and I have my answer ready. Austin, do you know who is the only quarterback drafted first overall to have a winning record in his first 
season. Only one quarterback in the history of the NFL drafted number one overall has had a winning, and it's not Peyton Manning. You know he went 3-13, and 13, so that's your one hint. It's not Peyton. Who is the only quarterback? Don't look at the chat. I'm not. chat. The chat has scrolled down, and I have not scrolled to catch up with it. Who has their first winning se- or first season as a winning record? Oh man, I I mean, does it got to be like somebody really old? I'm, I don't know. I, mean, I for sake for the sake of like wasting time and having silent uh, airwaves, I, I don't know what to do here. I, I don't have a guess off the top of my head. I mean, like John Elway. John Elway is incorrect. The correct answer, Andrew Luck. Uh, I did think about Andrew Luck, but I could not remember what that Colts team did right after uh, the the bad Peyton year. But and, and probably the, the went, second what? closest, Sam Bradford went seven and nine. Yeah, we forget Sam rookie. Bradford uh, won Rookie of the Year <laughs> as as because he went as, seven and nine. As much of a wet blanket as as Sam Bradford was. Now Corey Smith could have gone with Mahomes. I thought about answering Mahomes because he didn't play his rookie year, but that, that that's skirting the question. That's like a trick question. Right. And a lot of people got it. So shout out to the chat. Uh, a lot of people guessed a, a lot of different things, but luck. That's why I said, don't look at the chat. So hey, the, the chat got that right. So and, back and, and the to- thing about Mahomes and the thing about Ben, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Scott brings up number one, overall draft picks. Number one overall draft picks. Mahomes was was not. Uh, he was 12th. Big Ben was 7th. So Mahomes and Roethlisberger, number one overall draft picks. They don't count. Well, they, and uh, Trevor Warrants, I don't think the Jags are. Looking at what the Jags are, they're nope. deep. They, that's going to be a tough one. I'll um, say this. I, I I did this on BetMGM. If you want some money right now, uh, at plus 145. I did this last week. At plus 145 at BetMGM, you can get the Titans to finish first and the Colts to finish second. I think that's a great bet. <laughs> I think it's a great, great futures bet. The Titans to win the South and the Colts to be second at plus 145. I mean, that's, that's plus money for something that I feel very damn confident about. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. So the question is better or worse? Well, I look at the statistics. Who are the Titans competing with this season? The Bills, the Chiefs. The hey, the Vikings. I know you care a lot about this. I, I had to ditch my keeper of Patrick Mahomes and go with the keeper of Justin Jefferson because I drafted him later last year. So I expect big things from the Vikings, the Packers, and then you got to sprinkle a couple of more in there, right? A couple more offenses. The Rams will be a good offense, whether you like it or not. I think Sean McVay, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Robert Woods. That's going to be a good offense. They're going to compete right there in the top five. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers in year two and Tom Brady and those weapons and a second season of all those returning guys, I think they're going to put up a lot of points because that's about same page mentality. I think my answer is worse. Now, it doesn't mean that they won't win games or they won't win the AFC South or be very, very good. They just will not be tied for second, and that's the bar of what the question we're asking about. So I say worse. Yep, same. I agree. Um, it's just really it, the, the like uh, who was our philosopher earlier in the chat? Roy <laughs> he said Roy. a lot of like a lot of smart things. The personnel is better. 
but I think the stats will not be as potent as they were last year. I'm not expecting another 2,000-yard season from Derrick Henry. I do expect both AJ and Julio to go over 1,000 yards. Uh, but again, like they're playing an extra game. And so I think Brandon says it's a tough act to follow. I agree. I just don't – I just think they will be a very efficient offense. They won't have the gaudy numbers of a year ago. But I do expect them to have more than 11 wins, and I do expect them to not go over in the playoffs. And, and here's a, a very small caveat that probably getting ahead of ourselves to say, but you have to think about the actual plays, right? The Titans play the Jags twice, the Texans twice, and the Jets. Those are potential blowouts, right? Where the stats where you're going to be running the football or backups could be in. So that's five games. That's a big percentage of your schedule. I'm just saying. And look, they may lose to one of those teams. But I do take that into consideration when answering this question. Do they have any other weak games on the schedule? Or is it, or is that basically it? Like those the, two divisional the, opponents plus the Jets. Those are them. That, that's them? Yeah. Yeah, I mean um, – yeah, I, I, I see. I don't know what New Orleans is going to be with their quarterback situation, but New Orleans is a good football team. I don't know if the record will show that, but overall, they've got good defensive players and they got Alvin Kamara, right? So, yeah, and, and I think the Steelers late in the season could be a pushover depending on some injuries and the health of that team. And uh, Big Ben, and if they decide to run the ball, <laughs> depending on depending on the health of that team, like Big Ben, I I, I would bet a. Uh, for Big Ben to start to break down in December. By the time December nineteenth comes around, I guess a long time away for Big Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I, I think Ben. I think this. <laughs> and I, I don't like predicting people's demise, but we kind of saw that with Eli Manning, right? And well, Joe it's Fly. trends, right? Like that happened last year with Roethlisberger and MTL Titans calling Big Blob. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, this is probably going to be his last year. December nineteenth was the right time to play the Steelers. That's how I feel about it. I'd rather play them later. Than earlier, like and I would what rather, the Titans' first loss last year was earlier. Yes, and I would rather play the Cardinals earlier rather than later. And so again, like there's several teams you can get like that. The uh, one thing know. that is curious, and this is, oh man, we should do this. I, I'm going to shut my mouth because I, games you're most looking forward to. We'll do that here. You know, as the season approaches, I have one game that I'm I, I'm pretty giddy about. That is right, weird. Cool. We'll put that in the file cabinet and come back to it a little later on. All right, so I've got some practice observations from yesterday. Three rookies made some really nice plays. Uh, then They got everybody watching Titans practice. Pretty excited yesterday. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Calvin and Subtle. Yeah, that is where you need to go to get your new hardwood floors, calvinandsubtle.com, or give them a call at 615-448-6414. They have you covered when it comes to new hardwood floors. Rip up that old carpet in your house, renovate your home, and upgrade with Calvin and Subtle. Knock on wood if you're with me. I know you're with me because they have the very best products. They can hook you up with a great deal at a great price, and they're efficient. Once you pick out your perfect hardwood floor, like this one, if you're watching live on A to Z Sports, on Twitch, on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, and you can see my face, you can see this beautiful, beautiful hardwood floor that I'm showing. 
This could be in your home one to two weeks after you pick out pick out your perfect hardwood floor. That's ordering material and install. They're trusted by us. They should be trusted by you. That's CalvinAndSubtle.com. A to Z Sports BetMGM. I just gave you a great bet. Uh, I said that if you you can go on the BetMGM app today and at plus 145, you can get the Titans and win the AFC South and the Colts to finish second. I think it's a really good futures bet with some, some plus money that I feel very confident about. Again, Titans and Colts at first and second AFC South at plus 145 at BetMGM. Download the app. Use our code ATOZ Sports. And with your first bet, uh, and after your first deposit, you get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. A great way to start your football season right there with the BetMGM app. Uh, so we got throwing shade to come up uh, later on in the show. Team Leader says, Austin, what do you think about Derrick Henry as an Offensive Player of the Year for plus 900 at, on BetMGM? I actually looked at that too. Uh, I still might put some money on that. for, But I, you know, part of me doesn't like the jinx of – the same player winning the same award back to back years. And that's where I usually, that's what stopped me from placing that bet last year or last week when I placed the, the 145 bet. So um, I, I know I'm going back to the fantasy thing, but you know, I said I, I ditched Patrick Mahomes. He was my keeper for three years in a row. I've put my chips, Justin Herbert. I would expect him. To, I don't know what his number is, but if he he could get offensive player of the year, and I bet you his his big plus money because yeah. he's got some weapons. Keenan Allen ain't no joke, and I also Austin Eckler coming back if healthy. Not a lot of people give him credit either, so watch out for that. That would be my uh, my two cents. So some practice observations from yesterday. I, I mentioned and we talked a lot early on in the show about how it was the first time we saw literally the Titans starting offensive line with Tannehill, Henry, A.J., and Julio on the field, running through, jogging through drills, jog through drills in 11-11 for the first time all camp. That was – yesterday was it. But yesterday was the first time that I saw Elijah Molden, Des Fitzpatrick, and Caleb Farley all make incredible plays on the same day too. Elijah Molden has been looking really good. We all watched that preseason game. We kind of knew that. Like we didn't – at least I felt – he was a good draft pick. Yes. Right. And, and the value that they got from Elijah Molden being there at the end of the third round was a steal. And because the guy's a savvy player, we talked about this Zach on Monday when you were still out, but I, you know, I think he's drawing comparisons to both Cortland Finnegan and Logan Ryan with his versatility and scrappy like play. And he's smart. He knows what to do. So yesterday Molden made an incredible play down the field. Most of Molden's plays have been near the line of scrimmage or in the flats, right? Yesterday, Cam Batson was running a, a skinny post, and it was a probably a 35, 40-yard in-the-air throw from Ryan Tannehill. Molden was trailing Batson, made a great play to jump over Cam Batson, high-pointing the football, and going up and grabbing the interception out of the air before Cam Batson had the opportunity to do that himself. So Elijah Molden, with a really incredible interception yesterday in practice, was really good to see, and it got people fired up with the play that he was able to make, especially after how he made plays against Tampa. Right. So my question, and I've been, again, out two weeks, I've been uh, heading up our, our Dallas launch, Caleb Farley. When I left, he was just starting practice. I'm here. 
The good thing is he's still practicing. That's a positive. Yeah. What is your assessment on Caleb well, Farley well, now that I have uh, your attention? I'll, I'll get that. Lane says, well, Cam Batson is tiny. Well, yeah, Elijah Molden's not tall either. So it's actually a pretty even fight when you're, when you're coming to that jump ball situation with those two guys being the same height. So Caleb Farley also made a nice play. This was in red zone team drills where they were working on some touchdowns uh, in zone uh, situations. Uh, I, I believe it was, uh, I, I believe the quarterback was Matt Barkley, but Matt Barkley threw a, a pass in the end zone uh, to Racy McMath and Caleb Farley saved a touchdown by swatting away that football, a pass breakup in the end zone on Racy McMath before McMath had an opportunity to make the play on the ball. So I thought that was a good thing to see from Caleb Farley. A lot of Caleb Farley is knocking off the rust. And that's what uh, Shane Bowen talked about yesterday when he talked to the media was it that one, the guy's, there's two parts. He's coming off of a serious back surgery and he hasn't played in a football game in two seasons. Like, that's a big deal, right? And so both of those things combined is making him take more time to get back in the swing and the feel of things playing in a game. He's different than everybody out there. We've talked about that. He's bigger, stronger, faster, longer than any other defensive back the Titans have on their roster. It's just trying to get him comfortable in the scheme and comfortable playing freely where Elijah Molden knows the scheme and he's playing free and making plays. Caleb Farley still thinking a lot right now and still trying to knock the rust off, but it was good to see him make that play uh, in the end zone to save a touchdown uh, yesterday. Interesting. Well, I think I take away from these notes. The good thing is what side of the ball are these notes on? Defense. I've got one more note though. A is guy it on, that, on the other side of the ball? Offensive side of the ball. Somebody made a play yesterday that really needed it. Des Fitzpatrick ran right by Christian Fulton for a skinny post 70-yard touchdown from Tannehill on Christian Fulton, who's been one of the standouts of the entire training camp preseason. Christian Fulton's been a badass for the entire month of August. But Des Fitzpatrick, who has been the opposite of a badass the entire month of August, ran right by Fulton, Beautiful throw from Tannehill right over his shoulder. Dez caught it comfortably in stride and ran into the end zone, splitting away from Fulton. So that is, again, something that we need to see from Dez Fitzpatrick is him stacking up plays like that over practices and over the preseason games. Because we saw him catch a touchdown in Tampa. It didn't look like the most confident catch. It was a body catch. It was a weird throw. It was wide open, so it didn't matter. But again, Des Fitzpatrick doing positive things multiple days is what we want to see. Is he a lock to make the roster? Not yet. He's still got a lot of a lot of work to do to still make this team, and he's losing time. Cuts are less than a week away. Today, a week from today, we'll be talking about the 53-man roster. Let's think about that. A week from today, they'll make those cuts Tuesday. All right. I can't make a prediction because, again, I've been a little bit out of the loop in this particular training camp this year. Austin, Wednesday, August 25th, 9.13 a.m. As you said, approaching cut day. Right now, do you think Des Fitzpatrick is on the football team? I think he is trending towards it, yes. but And, be, and because the best thing that he has going for him is he was a fourth-round draft pick that they traded up for. And that's right. been the case 
since they drafted him. The, the best thing that he's got going for himself is where he was drafted. So right now you feel he's on the trajectory to make this team. Yes. Now he's, he cannot have, there is zero bad days. Like I know the one <laughs> talking about no bad days, Des Fitzpatrick cannot allow a bad day. He cannot allow for something to happen. And injury could still happen in the final preseason game. You hope that doesn't happen to anybody, but it, injuries will play a part in the wide receivers. Well, he caught a touchdown the last preseason game. Yeah, but I don't put a I don't put a lot of weight in the second half touchdown catch. Well, he caught it. And, and he caught it, yes. Right, and that right. was a good thing for him. <laughs> Hashtag Des caught it. And look, Charles Davis is riding the broadcast. Nobody needed that more than Des Fitzpatrick. And that's absolutely true. But could he – and that's what we asked about on Monday when Luke was in, is could Des Fitzpatrick take that touchdown catch from Saturday night and translate it into practice? And yesterday, he got a 70-yard bomb from Tannehill running right by Christian Fulton. That's that's what we're talking about. That's what we need to see from him. It's just really tough. And by the way, while we've while we're talking about cuts, Friday at 3 p.m., guys, Friday afternoon, 3 p.m., me, Buck, and Luke will do a live stream right where here you where you're watching, 3 p.m. Central Time. Again, me, Buck, and Luke will have all of our 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 final 53-man rosters before the preseason game. We'll go through them. Who we have making the team. We'll podcast it and everything. So we're looking forward to that Friday at 3 p.m. Again, me, Buck, and Luke doing our 53-man roster predictions live on a stream. That and the, that's the return of Luke, right? You know, yes. The return of Luke. Make sure you tune into that. That will be very interesting. I, I, I'm curious to see what you guys talk about. And if you are a Titans junkie and you love the Titans, that will be a show you want to tune into because a lot of good information and a lot of good inside information yes, all three of those guys me, have been me, in and buck out of and luke, yeah me buck and luke have made uh, i think we've missed two practices in total uh steph says i want kinsey to make this damn team mason kinsey caught two touchdown passes yesterday too and so we'll have to figure out in, in practice so we'll have to figure out uh what happens with mason kinsey and does he have a spot so it's competitive guys and it'll be really fun to watch so friday at 3 p.m central time buck luke and i will give our 53-man roster predictions ahead of the Bears preseason game. So that'll be fun. Excellent. All right. Awesome. I got a lot of shade. I've now added on to my shade. I have three shades. Now, two of them are quick. The other one, I need to destroy an A to Z follower. <laughs> oh, my God. And I, I don't enjoy doing this. I kind of do when they say dumbass remarks like this guy did. But I, we'll we'll put it on the big screen and we'll read his comment. We'll diagnose it. We'll tell how big of an idiot this guy is. That will be my big shade. But I do have two other shades that um, one's a pan personal one. Uh, it's controversial, but it's really not that controversial. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. So let's just do, let's do, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's throw shade. But first, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the area. Simply go to RentersWarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. There are so many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit, whether it's creating extra cash flows for you and your family, getting long-term wealth through equity that you have from renting out your property instead of selling it. So RentersWarehouse.com is where to go for that. Also, if you're a renter, they've got inventory across the mid-state. Whatever type of home you're looking for, whether it's a full-size home, duplex, townhome, apartment condo, they've got it in the right place, the right location for what you're looking for, the right price range at renterswarehouse.com. Bet MGM, A to Z Sports is the promo code. New users, risk-free $1,000 bet. They're hooking you up. They are the king of sports books. They are our title sponsor of this morning show. 
support them. It's a great way to support them. They give you $10 free bets if you're part of that club. We're a part of that club. Let's go clone it every Monday. Free $10 bet. BetMGM, download the app today. Uh, shade day on this Wednesday. Uh, Dom saying, oh, big shade, Big Mac shade today with all the – we usually have a shade sandwich sometimes when all of us have multiple shades, but I guess we got double patties on this thing. Uh, so real quick, Jarrell says, shade thrown at the Chicago Bears who cut my high school teammate C.J. Morrible yesterday who had a hell of a camp. See y'all game three. So – uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, shade uh, that uh, that uh, maybe Jarrell was looking forward to seeing his his buddy play against the Titans, which could have been cool in a preseason game. But Zach, since you have multiple shades, I want you begin with one of them, and then I'll go, and then I'll let you be the finisher here. All right, uh, first, so uh, and let's do the Big Mac thing, right? So uh, I'll do kind of the least important in that middle bun right? Because it doesn't, the best part of a bun is the top of the bun. It's not the bottom of the bun, but the Big Mac, that middle section, I haven't had a Big Mac in God knows how long. Uh, that middle section is not the best bun, right? It's kind of flimsy. So I'll, I'll save that. My first shade has to do with Madden 22. This has nothing to do with, with racism or anything like that, but Colin Kaepernick being 81 in Madden 22 and Justin Herbert, who threw for 4,336 yards, 31 touchdowns, and 10 interception, being a rating of 80 after his rookie season. But they still have Callan Kaepernick as a free agent as 81 overall, probably not to hurt feelings or have some undertone. I don't know why. But the dude hadn't played since 2017. What it really does to me, it degrades your rating process because that makes no sense. We're talking football. We're not talking anything else. I think we, this, obviously this show is on the same page of what we believe is right, right? That doesn't make any sense. 81 versus 80. Madden, you need to be better. And I saw a ton of different articles and Twitter people bring this up that that didn't make any sense. He hadn't played since 2017. You yeah, can have ridiculous. him as a free agent, but that didn't make sense. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense. <laughs> 24 Sherlock says AJ Brown's like an 86. Yeah, that's just bad. He, and he hasn't played in three years. There's no way anybody who hasn't played in three years is going to be a lot worse than they were with three years ago in their last play. So and, and Clayton, I, so I just I disagree with that. He shouldn't even be on the game. I actually he should be on the game. And I think that is impactful. I and you don't have to put him as like a 48 overall rating. But don't put him above Justin Herbert, who just threw for 31 touchdowns and 10 interceptions in his rookie year. Yeah, I agree. It really does uh, diminish their rating system, as you said. All right, so that was your first shade, right? Yes. Do you want to keep going or you want me to go? Uh, I'll go one more because here's that. Uh, it, it's it's the middle. It's that middle bread. So two weeks, I was in an Airbnb in Dallas, grinding, getting that set up, and I think we had uh, a lot of success. Hopefully, we'll find out some even more good th- good news this week, which I'd like to dis- I'd like to disclose on Friday because it would be good. But we'll knock on wood to see if that that news happens later this week. But I was in an Airbnb. It was a good Airbnb. It, it served its pers- purpose, but. Every morning, I wake up early, and I eat the same thing every damn day. I eat two eggs scrambled with one piece of toast. That's what I do. Now, the problem is, at my house, I have nonstick pans. Easy cleanup. 
This Airbnb, I guess, went cheap on the pots and pans because it was not a non-stick pan. A non-non-stick pan is hell. You can't clean it, especially eggs. It was a disaster. I just had crusty old eggs in my eggs because you can't clean that every day, every single day. So shade on non-non-stick pans and for Airbnb not supporting the egg game early on in the morning. That's my yeah, second shit. That's valid. Uh, do they even make non-non-stick pans anymore? Yes, they do because I just experienced it for two weeks. I thought about Amazoning, uh, Amazoning a non-stick pan and just leaving it there, but I was like, I can't do this. That's very wild. Uh, I've never, I, yeah, because th- that's a bitch. I mean, non-stick, non-non-stick pans. Or not, or a, or a real tough situation because I also eat scrambled eggs every day, and uh, it's very important when it comes to that. Now, did you it, use cooking Sherlock, spray? Right. It felt like I was pranked. I was did like, you, "This is a sick joke." Did you use cooking spray? I use butter. It's oh. the same thing. Well, butter's a little more fattening than cooking spray, but butter tastes better than co- cooking spray, though. Yeah, but you know, some things, uh, some things you got to give up when you know. That's why, I don't, I, that's why I don't eat two pieces of toast, though. I cut <laughs> yeah. down to one piece there of toast. Go. There you go. All right, so my shade today also has to do with A to Z sports content, and Zach says he's going to throw shade in an A to Z sports comment uh, for being ridiculous. So I tweeted yesterday when I went to Titans practice, I tweeted yesterday as soon as the Titans started warming up for stretching lines, A.J. Brown dressed out for practice, no Julio again. Then you get this guy named Kyle that says, I think this tweet yesterday says it all. And it's the AJ screenshot. After a while, people start making up stories. Uh, Dale says this didn't age well. Uh, Stoney <laughs> gave the why you always lying gif. And then Vol Bandit said, there's still time to delete this. So here's the situation. Just because uh, situations change and new information comes out, does not make the original tweet wrong. Here is how practice works. It's when the Titans players are warming up for stretching lines, that is who you can report is at practice and players who are not there in those lines are not dressed out for practice. There might be some guys on the third field, but you guys well aware third field is invisible to us. We are not allowed to tell you what's happening on the third field nor are we allowed to assume that the third field players will join the the uh, rest of the team in practice. So Julio Jones was getting some work done on said third field. Now, Teron Davenport got him walking on the second field in from the third field. So gray area, but Teron did a good job of doing that. But Teron also got a talking to about that. But it was a gray area for Teron because you've gotten a talking to before. Uh, mine was not a talking to, uh, and also <laughs> Mike Vrabel has COVID. So maybe the third field should have been on limits because he was out there. So Dom, you're right. That's the internet in a nutshell. Hindsight is 2020. When I'm, when it is, did you follow job, your tweet up with a correction? I could not because by the time Julio Jones joined practices, guess what was over live tweeting. So for all you bozos out there who look at hindsight you have to understand the protocols that the media has to follow. The When we are allowed to tweet, we are allowed to tweet who is warming up with the team. At that point, Julio Jones was not. 
Then practice is closed to live tweeting and we can observe. You have to wait until after practice ends before tweeting out observations. So after practice ended, I tweeted Julio Jones rejoined his team for practice, even caught a pass in 11 on 11 walkthrough period. So that is the situation. So you don't need to say, oh, there's still time to delete this. No, educate yourself and understand the protocols that the media has to follow. That is the end of my shit. I think that's fair. It's it's unfortunate nuance that I think we both understand. And I think there's a handful of people that do understand. But you just got got based on rules and regulations. Okay, so And so somebody did say, you should be more patient. Oh, so you want me to wait. <laughs> you need to wait to tweet about something when I can't like, that's stupid. That's just like, sometimes look, and it's not your fault. You're ignorant about the situation because you're not there. Like I'm ignorant about situations that I don't have to deal with every day, but I deal with Titans media protocol at practice every day at training camp. So you guys don't, so you don't know how that works. The media has to follow these rules. And so that's what happens. So that's my shit. All right. So my last final shade to wrap up this big Mac is to an A to Z sports follower. So yesterday, and we've been doing this, and shout out to Adam, uh, our guy who works for A to Z sports that clips certain clips of the show and redistributes them throughout the day. Yesterday's clip was a good one. It was talking about how asinine the top 100 is because Core Davis was in it, okay? And I went on a rant, as you know. Uh, if you watched the show yesterday, you know that that is stupid. Core Davis is not a top 100 player. He has not proven that. I don't know why he was in the rankings, but he was. And Austin agreed, and I think a lot of other people agreed. So we clipped about a two-minute clip. And I usually don't do this because I got a lot of other things to do, but somehow I saw it. And this was, oh, it was the first time that it had been clipped since I had been back in the show. So I was like, all right, let's listen, right? So and then I, I scroll down to the comment section, and our guy, David DeSuave Stewart, that's what I'm going to call him because that's what his name is. Let's call him DeSuave. Let's just call him DeSuave. I like DeSuave, okay? So David DeSuave Stewart comes in, and this was his comment on that particular video. says, this dude probably never played football a day in his life, okay? That's his comment. And I'm like, (laughs) let's respond to DeSuave. So this dude has never played football a day in his life. All right. So I responded to DeSuave and I said, I've covered the Titans for 12 seasons from CJ2K to Derrick Henry. I know football, pal. And CD is not a top 100 player. Well, DeSuave comes back and says this. He says, okay, have you ever laced up some cleats? I knew CD would make the list. I mean, it's voted on by players. That first part is, okay, have you ever laced up the cleats, is asinine, and we'll get to that here in a second. Well, hey, another A to Z sports follower, Brandon uh, Connolly says, DeSuave, what's lacing up cleats have to do with anything? People have opinions, whether they're right or wrong. My opinion is Corey Davis is too inconsistent to ever be a top wide receiver in the league. He's at best number two. He didn't show up in big games, et cetera, et cetera. DeSuave responds back and says, I said what I said. Your opinion <laughs> is more valid if you got out there and actually put in some work. DeSuave, dude, don't be an idiot. Don't be a dumbass. Check yourself. 
I would ask, has DeSuave played NFL football? David, have you? If you have, I would love to know for what team and for what period of time. You do not have to play NFL football to talk about NFL football. David DeSuave, I'll ask you, do you think you know more NFL football than Joe Buck, who has covered the NFL since age 25? I would love to know his opinion on that because he's watched 10 to 50 times more games than you. Chris Berman didn't play in the NFL either. Do you think he knows more about sports than DeSuave just because he played lower-level community college football league? Be quiet. Check yourself at the door and listen to people that are educated and that actually do this for a job and a career instead of some jabroni coming up on Facebook asking if you've ever laced up cleats. Good job, bud. You played flag football and intramurals and think you're better than everybody else. But it doesn't mean that you can discredit. Look, I thought you had a good comment to say that the NFL players voted. That's why Corey Davis was in there. I think that's a good comment. I value that. But don't justify based on lacing up cleats whether you know something or don't know something. That's stupid. And to be honest, the majority of the people that have laced up cleats and that are analysts aren't very good at talking. <laughs> they are not very good at forming opinions. And when they do form their opinions, actually not doing hot take central, a la Ryan Clark, who does that a lot, they're put in a in a box and they're not very good. So come on, bro. Be better. Shade on De Suave. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Like, oh, uh, Bruce Arians, he knows nothing about football, right? Mike Leach, complete dumbass, right? He never played football, DeSuave. What do you got to say for yourself? And it's a, it is, we've heard this before, but check it at the door, DeSuave. It doesn't make any sense. It's a bad take. Very bad take. And also saying that I knew Corey Davis would be in the top 100 – that is the most hindsight 2020 comment you could possibly make. You have no idea about Corey Davis in the top 100 because he's never been close to the top 100 before last year. Uh, Not uh, even close. So, yeah, that, that's just a ridiculous comment. There's a ridiculous comment there. So, look, good shade. You've, you've had two weeks of no shade. Well, you give me two weeks to not bitch. Yeah, I'm going to come in with some flames. All right, guys, great show on this Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow morning on a Thursday. Zach gets the return to the Magic Bucket, which I'm sure he's excited about. Uh, I did got- see, again, I, I didn't watch many of the shows, to be honest, because I was doing other things, but I did see the uh, the old gel hair down. It was a tough scene. <laughs> For both of us. Did you see both of us had to do that back-to-back weeks? Man, now I just wish you get to do it at this point because it is it is uncomfortable. It is. Really I look bad. well. If my hair grows out a little bit more, I look like Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. I look awful. I look like a pedophile when I do that. Like you know, you get out of the shower and you you like look in the mirror and you're like, huh, ah, get that out of here. <laughs> I, so I'm not. Do not want to do that. Luke but, looked like he got Luke looked Luke looked like he got rained on walking back from class or something. I looked like uh, Spider Man three. Like that's that's how uh, that's <laughs> how we. McGuire. <laughs> yeah. What a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, very terrible movie. All right, guys, have a great rest of your Wednesday. Buck Rising back tonight. 
with A to Z Sports Primetime. Check the A to Z Sports Podcast Network for new Titan Up podcast out today. And we'll check you guys tomorrow morning on a, on a Thursday. Thanks. Adios.